The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Pharrell on the bench on Coast to Coast. Apple with a bad attitude. Bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are at the Farella Palatial, across the river and through the woods where Grandma hangs out over at NYC, the Big Apple. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion shake-it-up, should do all my friends that come around, fudge a fudge a party, um, rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown. What a mess, this town's a tattered. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Always good to hook up with my boy Joe Ranieri in Miami. How you doing, Joe? I am, uh, it's hot as ass down here, man. Got to tell you, nobody outside. Uh, there's, uh, the beaches are wiped clean. It's, uh, it's, an, it's way too nice a day to be stuck inside, but we do what we got to do to protect our neighbors. Isn't that the truth? It is true, Joe. So I want to uh, go through a lot of stuff uh, on this Coast to Coast with you. So I kind of want to start um, like we've been doing already during uh, the Hantavirus, the uh, corona, the COVID-19, with a lot of the NFL news. The NFL news has been uh, like a hot potato because the league year. Uh, and it is as well because everything else is shut down. So the NFL is popping. I want to start with uh, a couple things. A, Gurley, cut. Clay Matthews, cut, Ramsey, bye-bye to both of them. And your reaction to that, and it was really a big money thing and an age thing probably. And then you've got stuff brewing down there in South Florida yeah. with your connections at the Dolphins, allegedly. Yes. Yeah, and it all centers around. It was funny. I was uh, talking to one of the beat reporters here in Miami uh, who uh, actually went on Twitter and made the announcement that it's about to get real here. And it turns out, well, at least what I think he's talking about and what the rumor is, is that there is some serious interest in Todd Gurley coming to Miami. And so now that he's been cut, and then, of course, moments later, we heard that Gurley was, in fact, cut from the Rams. Something we heard was in the works anyway. Makes sense for whatever reason. It just it stopped working. He got paid, whether he's hurt, the knee, whatever it is. Todd Gurley is going to be wearing a new uniform this year, and there is a lot of talk here in the streets of Miami that 
He might be playing for the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores loves him, uh, and they uh, they have an interest in him coming down. And, you know, wouldn't it have been nice, too, maybe if uh, Houston knew he was going to get cut, he'd have looked good in a Houston uniform with DeAndre Hopkins still there, but that's another discussion. So uh, the guy has had, you know, knee problems. Uh, he's had problems, you know, in terms of his, you know, load, in terms of how much he gets the rock. Damage, do you think, on that body of his? You know, that's going to be the other interesting thing, Scott, right now, isn't it? That's what we're dealing with is how are we going to know where Cam Newton is going? Nobody can get a physical. Uh, Tom Brady's contract with the Rams, still, you know, a physical. It's still contingent upon the physical. So the, the NFL right now and the players, they're having a hard time deciding on local doctors where these players are in order to be able to conduct the physicals. I mean, nobody's going to sign Gurley. Nobody's going to sign Cam Newton until we know that they're 100% okay. And, and Tua in the draft. So there's a lot of questions about some of these players and when can they get the physicals? When can they bring them in? Uh, and they can't bring anybody in right now because none of the complexes are open for business. So it remains to be seen. I, I don't think he's 100%. I don't think we're ever going to get the Todd Gurley that we did. Of that 75%. Is that worth it on your roster? And for the Dolphins, yeah, uh, an 80, 75% of what Todd Gurley used to be at his height, man, I, I can live with that in the NFL. So, uh, Joe, why, uh, in your view, have the, uh, it seems to me like more than any team in the league, Ross is just spending money like crazy right now in free agency. Do you uh, worry about that, that he's making, um, digging himself a grave almost and making decisions that he's going to regret by signing all these high-priced free agents when, uh, you know, what is their draft situation? When that comes into fruition, where are they? They're spending. Ross is going nuts. Like someone's telling him to get all these players. Yes, exactly. Well, listen, Stephen Ross is one of those owners. He's very hands off. He always has been. He's also been very easily influenced. Uh, you know, the Tannenbaum years there. Tannenbaum had him in his ear. And before that, it was Ireland. And, you know, he's very easily influenced, but he eventually got to the point where. Uh, that was it. He wiped his hands clean. He fired everybody. He basically put Chris Greer, great football guy, a lot of respect in the building, a lot of respect around the league for him. He's now in charge of this football team. He brings in Brian Flores, his hire, um, and they got rid of every old contract last year. They got rid of everything. So there's very little left. They, they basically took it down to the bones, and now what you are seeing is Chris Greer and Brian Flores building their team, building this franchise from the ground up. They still have a boatload, guys, a boatload of draft picks. They are going to get a whole lot of very cheap labor, too, over the next two years in the draft. So they're spending money bringing in veterans that with Van Noy to run on the defense. They're bringing in guys they trust. The next question is, who is the quarterback that they're going to go after in this draft? Who's that future going to look like? But they've already got Ryan Fitzpatrick to help groom him.
guy like Gurley, if uh, you know, can go out there and set the way, would not surprise me at all if he's wearing a Dolphins uniform. I love the direction they're going. No good in having that money if you can't spend it on veterans who you want to shape who this team will be. So uh, I actually, uh, Joe, like uh, Flores and what he did with what Fitzmagic pulled off, which was crazy what he was doing with that football team. They were in, you know, know, there's a lot of people that talk about the Raiders being in every game. The Dolphins were actually in every game. The Dolphins uh, were the ones doing the damage. The last half of the season, the Raiders were not in one game. It was early on that the Raiders were doing well. The Dolphins did it all year long. And I think Flores left a nice mark on that team. Now, Cam Newton is going to be cut. They're not going to trade him. They can't trade him. Is he a guy that uh, they would be interested in? Because you cannot tell me, even though I just said nice things about Ryan Fitzmagic, that uh, Cam Newton's better than him. You can't Uh, tell me that Fitzmagic's better. Isn't it amazing that here we are and there is, we've seen Marcus Mariota go, we've seen Tannehill get all this money, um, Brady's going to get $30 million, he's 43 years old, and there is absolutely no market right now for one of the... One of the greats in the Carolina, actually, the Carolina history, maybe the best quarterback that they've ever had, but a guy that is truly kind of changed the game in a lot of different ways. He's a, he's the size of a defensive end, and he plays quarterback, guys. Um, but maybe the injuries have caught up. You know, also, the Cam Newton's kind of a – he's a few fries short of a Happy Meal. You know, it's the hair, it's the fashion show. <laughs> You know, that doesn't play well in a lot of locker rooms. And I know there's going to be a lot of football people like, you know, he's a sideshow more than he's anything else. So I'm shocked the market isn't bigger for him. But right now, there's no takers. There's nobody interested in Cam Newton, at least not out in front. But I think a lot of that has to do with they can't get a physical on him. Nobody knows how healthy he's going to be. If he does end up in Miami, though, Scott, I can tell you this. That tells you everything you need to know about what Miami thinks of this quarterback crop coming out. So uh, what do you think of the fact that Sean Payton was the first guy in the NFL to test positive for the coronavirus? Yeah, that's, it's finger-licking good, apparently, down there in New Orleans. I, I Listen, I it was going to happen, right? So if it was, you know, just so happened to be Sean Payton, Every, you know, there was going to be at some point somebody in it, and I'm shocked there hasn't been a major league level baseball player yet either that hasn't come out, but it will. And, um, you know, it's so hard to look at the guys that have it, Kevin Durant, you know, the four of the Brooklyn Nets. You know, so far, none of the guys that, that, um, that Rudy Gobert guarded or played against during that week, right, last week, none of them have contracted the virus. Like, it, it's so hard to tell who, what, where, and how with this. It's just so much that is still unknown, but somebody had to go down. Sean Payton, there was going to be one in the NFL. It so happened that it was uh, Sean Payton. And I much, even Sean Payton would go, you know what? Better me than Drew Brees, so I'm okay with this. Do you think that uh, Drew Brees, like, you know how they uh, gave him a two-year deal, $50 million. They got kind of, uh, you know, the old uh, local discount thing, and they kept him and everything. Do you think that they're... Uh, going to be happy with that deal over the next two years if he plays two years because I don't trust any deal in the NFL. You can get cut when the wind blows. But do you think that they'll be happy with that deal when they see 
what has happened and transpired with every other quarterback around the league, like Brady, et cetera, and all these guys moving around and foals and yep. all, all the just massive amount of movement. Do you think they're happy with their decision that they decided to keep running out this guy? You know, he's getting up there. Uh, do you think they're cool with it? I uh, Yes, I do, because I, I think they would have never let Teddy Bridgewater go if they would not have allowed him to walk out the door inside with Carolina if, in fact, they believed there wasn't anything left in the tank with Drew Brees. The problem with Drew Brees, right, is that he plays either the first half and middle part of the season, he's great, but, you know, now all of a sudden the knock on Drew Brees is he runs out of gas. Well, if he doesn't have to play the damn Minnesota Vikings, who's, who's the, his kryptonite and their kryptonite, you know, they're probably going a lot further than they did, of course, uh, again, losing to Minnesota in the playoffs. He wouldn't have brought him back if he didn't think he had enough in the tank. I do think, too, that Drew Brees is all in on making it to a Super Bowl. He takes the hometown discount to allow them to be able to sign the players he needs. He's doing what millions of quarterbacks have done years prior who want to win at this point in their career. He's all in, and I do believe that New Orleans uh, should be a favorite there to come out of the NFC. I would not sleep on New Orleans this year at all. They're going to be ready to make a run at this. So, Joe, why do you think that, um, you know, obviously it's Brady with the odds that Vegas has given the Buccaneers, where they sit right now. But basically, in the NFC, I'm seeing a lot of juice for them as a top three pick to go to the Super Bowl in Tampa. And I got to see how you feel about that because, like, I even said uh, to someone earlier today that, you know, to me, even the Vikings with Cousins, frankly, the way they looked, and uh, the Saints, who you mentioned, uh, that you really like them in the South. So if you like them in the South, you don't like Tampa. And, you know, there's other teams. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. Do you really think that that team's going to fall off that much, or do they still rock a top three? And you got Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. They're always good, uh, whether you like it or not. Dallas, you know they're going to have Dak, Zeke, Amari, and Mike McCarthy. And you're going to tell me that they're not as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, how do you think it uh, plays out? You know, it's interesting. When I look at Tampa last year, right, I love the dynamic of the coaching staff, right? You got the the angry grandpa there, Bruce Arians. You've got the, you know, the very stable, quiet uncle there, um, you know, and Todd Bowles, who is the adult in the room, but he's he's the best vice president, but he's not a good president. Uh, you got Byron Leftwich, an up-and-coming, uh, you know, offensive coordinator, kind of groom, being groomed by Arians. I love the dynamic that defense went from horrendous to being the last four or five games of the year, one of the best defenses in the league. You also have a quarterback last year in Tampa. Keep this in mind, guys. He threw, he was responsible for 35 turnovers, 35 turnovers, and they lost five one-score games. And they still won seven games, turning the ball over 35 times with your quarterback. If you cut that in half, and you give Tom Brady the ability to make the right decisions and let's say only turn the ball over 12 times in the season, you take away those one-score games, they're a 10-win football team. They were a 10-win football team last year, so you got to ask yourself, are they better off with Tom Brady? Do they make enough? They just signed Jason Pierre-Paul to the defense again, a couple-year deal there. So 
Tampa, all the signs point up to me. What, how does Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady work together? How do they? Bruce Arians is a guy who likes to air the ball out. What the hell good is it having Godwin and, you know, Evans clear the field and a guy who can only throw it 30 yards in the air? That doesn't do you any good. So I'm going to be interested in that dynamic. How are you going to rearrange the offense for a quarterback who ain't throwing it in the air 60 yards, guys? That's not going to happen. But that's who Bruce Arians and that offense is. So uh, Joe Ranieri with us on uh, Coast to Coast. I got to ask you, um, respectfully, I got three minutes here, Joe. Uh, out west, San Francisco, to me, still in that division. The Rams get all this juice, and they were a flop, and all the genius of McVay, that he's brilliant, and all this other rhetoric makes me want to hurl. And then you got Seattle, who might very well get Clowney back. Now, a lot of people say he's overrated. He was a beast in that playoffs, is all I have to say. And then you got... Kyler Murray now adding Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Can't tell me they're not going to be better and that Fitz is going to have one last magical ride. Having that guy on the other side from him, I say Fitz comes up big because he can still catch everything you throw to him. How do you think that West shapes up? I I still think, to me, listen, of course, San Francisco is going to be there. They lost to Forrest Buckner on the defensive line, right? So he signs this monster deal with Indianapolis. He was a big part of that, uh, that defense. But it's still anchored by Bosa, right? The defense is still going to be good. Emmanuel Sanders, not sure if he's going back there. There's some rumors that Emmanuel Sanders could sign, traded from Denver, you know, for them in their playoff run. Will he come back or will he go to Dallas? There's some talk there. Uh, this all comes down with Jimmy Garoppolo. Can Jimmy Garoppolo take the necessary steps they need in order to win games in January and February, the kinds of games that they need? That is going to be the question. Listen, they were interested in Tom Brady. All right, guys, they were interested. They'll never admit it, but the reality is there's enough leaks coming out of the Bay Area that we know it was a topic of conversation a lot. It is never a topic of conversation to bring in a 43-year-old guy to replace Garoppolo if Garoppolo is who you are sold on. So to me, I think they look a lot more like the late 80s, early 90s Buffalo Bills um, than anything else where they're so close and they just, they do something to shoot themselves in the foot and they can't get over the hump. I hope not for 49ers fans, but I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo being that guy that's going to take down a Patrick Mahomes in the AFC or uh, Lamar Jackson or or any one of those uh, quarterbacks, that new crop of quarterbacks in the AFC. I don't see it happening. I'm with you, Joe, but I got to tell you, I, I can't replace a young guy with that talent that he has and the ability to manage a game and that running game and that line and that defense and that coaching staff with some 43-year-old, I mean, mule. That guy is a mule at quarterback. He can still play. He's great, Brady. But I'm not getting rid of a young guy for a guy that's got one year left. So we're going to talk about more NFL stuff and NBA stuff. We're chilling the most on Coast to Coast with Joe Ranieri. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. 
Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Coast to coast, Pharrell with you, and my boy, Joe Ranieri. I love uh, having Joe on the show. He has, uh, you know, pushed people around. Like, this is what's happened. Uh, I get along with everybody at Sports Grid. I really do. And I've had everybody, I believe, Joe, I've had everybody on the show. Almost yeah. everyone. Even your boy, Blue. Mike Blewett. <laughs> I've had them all on. Everybody. And uh, Dane. I like your boy, Dane. Did he yeah. tell you that I uh, did a show with him? Yes, he did. And he was uh, thoroughly impressed. He loved doing it. Okay, I love that guy. He's uh, clearly a cool dude. And uh, I love that he likes Rack, too, and uh, talking lid. But uh, it's obvious, Joe, that you have shoved your way to the top of the heap. I mean, you are stepping on people now at this point on Coast to Coast. You have, I mean, this is apparent to me and others, including my daughter, Chop. She's like, is that your boy, Joe? And then she's 12, and she's like, is that your boy, Joe? And I'm like, that's Joe. And she's like, he's the man. So I don't know. Smitty might be like trying to spike your food. I don't know what's going on. But I think Joe has really uh, taken a liking to coast to coast and stepped on all others in the way. Now, let me ask you, Joe, uh, about uh, some other stuff. Uh, and then we'll get out of the NFL and get into some NBA. But uh, the the NFL has you had talked earlier on the show about doctors' problems with physicals. Now I'm hearing that the NFL is putting in contracts, all these big gigantic contracts they're signing, and guaranteed deals with money flying around. We'll talk about Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. I mean, not bad for Darius Slay, who's you know, I won't deny Darius is a Pro Bowler. Fair enough, he's made it before. But I got to tell you. Um, he didn't do anything for me in Detroit besides lose. Okay, so you can be all you want and a big name and a, and a cool name and, and Pro Bowls and everything else, but if you suck, you suck, and they never win, and that's all there is to it. I, I've heard enough about Stafford and Darius Slay that I, and, you know, uh, Patricia. I mean, are you kidding me? I, I'd rather choke on a chicken bone than watch that football team, And uh, but, but that's another story. We'll get into that in a minute. But the deals that they're handing out, I'm hearing that they're having these coronavirus uh, clauses in there, that if you fail a physical, you're not going to get your signing bonus. Now, uh, what do you think of that? And then what I'm hearing is that Flacco failed a a physical, and they just cut him in Denver. So first, your opinion on those clauses in the contracts, and then your opinion on what happened to Joe Flacco over, let's say, the last... 14 to 16 months to his, like, career. Oof, God. Um, Well, it's interesting. On the clauses, and I do believe, I think there was some talk that, you know, baseball is uh, also, uh, you know, there are some clauses in contract, not necessarily with the coronavirus, but that certainly in baseball with the amount of money that those are all guaranteed, 
that there are some clauses that, you know, this time away from the game, um, there's some accelerated clauses. If you do something stupid, go out and get hurt, don't do that. There's, um, there, you know, owners are going to protect themselves right now because they are losing their ass, Scotty, especially in Major League Baseball. They go from 162 games to 100 games. That is, guys, we're talking about eight, nine million dollars a year. Cut it in half. You cut the games in half, you cut their revenue in half. Um, they are paranoid right now in Major League Baseball as well as they should. Now, the NFL, it seems like you're right. Oh, here's 50 million, here's 87 million, here's 100 million. Well, we all know those aren't fully guaranteed, but still, you got 60, 70% of those contracts that are fully guaranteed. They ain't about to say, here's the money, and then, oh, yeah, if something were to happen, let's say, between the season doesn't start or something goes. They're billionaire owners for a reason, guys. They're billionaires not because they make stupid decisions and give away their money. They're going to protect themselves, and I don't care who you are. They'll make sure they can recoup whatever money it is that they are laying out. So I think that's going to be the new norm moving forward. All new contracts will probably, believe it or not, have some sort of pandemic clause in it as well as they should, because a lot of things can go wrong when, you know, the NBA, think about it, it's only been a week, guys, since the NBA canceled game. One week, it might as well have been a year. But guys can get into trouble. Things can happen in the middle of a season where all of a sudden they're not doing anything. Football season right now seems to be on track, but if it's not, you got to have that protection. And Flacco, Flacco, last time I saw Joe Flacco, he came to the microphone after a game and ripped Vic Fangio's ass in front of the entire media. We don't want to win. I don't know what we're doing. And then all of a sudden, Fangio sent him, like, sent him to the minor leagues. Like, uh, all of a sudden, he had an injury, like a back injury, and they had to put him on the IR. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching that video. I'm going, he's bending, he's he's animated. I'm like, where is the bat? What are you talking about? So I think Joe Flacco sealed his fate there by, uh, you know, Fangio's not a guy that you're going to go in there and throw under the bus if you're Joe Flacco. Uh, I think the days of Joe Flacco is, well, I think they're, let's, shall we say, certainly in Denver over. Uh, but we all know what happens. Quarterbacks are going to get hurt. There's going to be a lack of quality backup quarterbacks with experience. If he wants to continue playing, I am sure there will be a team at some point that will opt to call him rather than McGowan, who's going to be like 58 this year. And, you know, even though he looks 12, I, I just I don't see him coming back again. But I, Flacco, if he wants to play, I'm sure he can find a spot somewhere. Do you believe at all, Joe, in uh, Drew Locke? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. And I think more importantly, Denver believes in Drew Locke and you know, Fangio was great. Remember when Fangio started the season last year in the thing, and he kept, every time he was asked about it, he was like, I don't even think he can play. Like, I don't even, like, he ain't ready to play. He's not going to play. He turned the reins over to him, and the guys around the lock, in the locker room, around him, stepped up their game. I, I he's got all the tools, right? So the question is, what does the coaching staff do with him? Coaching matters in the NFL more than any place else. The NBA is a stars league. The NFL is a coaching league. You've got to have, you got to be in the right spot as a young quarterback in order to succeed. So far, so good. More, I, I think he blew a lot of people away with how much success he had last year, late in the season. I, I think they got the best one that they've had yet. Do any of those teams in the West? It doesn't look to me like any of them have a shot against Kansas City as they're currently 
you know, stacked and, and the roster that we just saw and that they're moving around pieces here and there, but that just won a Super Bowl. And with that quarterback and with that coaching staff, I got a hard time believing, frankly, any of those teams in the West literally have a shot at all. They are playing for a wild card at best. I mean, their seasons basically to me are dangerously close to falling into the Grand Canyon, all of them. I will say this, and I would reserve judgment until next month in the draft, because here's what I see happening. You have Detroit that you just mentioned lost Darius Slay, right? So they bring in Trufant, uh, okay, but you lose Slay, right? And Slay is, like him or hate him, he is definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the league, goes to Philadelphia, who lost out on Byron Jones. They were all in on Byron Jones, and they lost out to Miami. So they go out and maybe, in some people's opinion, they get the better defensive back uh, in Darius Slay, who also happened to be drafted by Jim Schwartz when he was the head coach of Detroit. So welcome home. Jim Schwartz uh, knows exactly the kind of player he's getting. He's got to be ecstatic. But now, all of a sudden, when you look at the draft, look at the number three spot and look at where the Chargers are. You've got, obviously, Tyrod Taylor to hold the, you know, hold over things for a little while. But if there is somebody they like, and from what I understand, what I'm hearing is uh, Justin Herbert is a guy they like a lot. Maybe they've got more. Look at how many defensive backs now San Diego has that they could actually go to Detroit and say, hey, we'll send you Hayward. We'll, we'll send you one of our guys here in the secondary. We'll send them to you. You need a number one. Let's swap number ones. Plus, we'll give you a number one DB that we have. All of a sudden, now you got the Chargers move up to the number three spot, and they get their quarterback of the future. And Detroit doesn't move down. They fill the need by losing Slay. Everybody wins. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And I got to tell you, the more you talked about him, uh, Herbert, uh, as a Charger, mm -hmm. uh, that makes perfect fit sense for me. And that I actually think that um, you know a lot of people I've heard you know, feel that he's in, in a in you know crucial moments in football games, late in the game, under pressure, the moments when you have to get it done the most in you know pain day NFL style. I'm not talking about playing up at Outset in Eugene. I'm talking about and I'm not even talking about playing in a bowl game. I'm talking about playing on Sundays right. with five minutes left. What are you gonna do with the pill? And this guy, a lot of people feel that he will not be a player. Mm. I actually uh, disagree with all that. I think the kid's got size, a cannon, smarts. He was never, um, you know, uh, you know, egomaniacal. He was never a freak. He was a stay-at-home kid, stayed in the same town he was raised in, wanted to play at Oregon. These things, in my view, I know this sounds absurd, but I actually think those are the kinds of things, what you're made of, who you are, what you're about, what you're built on, what your standards are, what your family's like, your values, things of this nature. At some level, at some capacity, Joe, that pays off to me in the long run. And if you have talent, which he does, and you have all this other stuff on the on the table, that's one damn good turkey dinner. I think he's going to be a winner in the NFL. And I think people thinking that that guy's going to suck in the NFL are all tripping. And I think there's a lot of people on TV 
that uh, are idiots and they think they know everything and all they do is run their mouth. I won't deny I'm a loud mouth, but I'm a badass and I'm cool and I bet a lot and I hit a lot of bets. So I know this. I think he's going to be a winner and I'm willing to make that bet. I, Scott, I could not agree with you anymore, man. I am with you. See, what people, the people who say, ah, oh, Justin Arbery sucks, uh, look at him in Oregon. Oregon sucks. The, he didn't take a snap under center in Oregon. You know why? Because Mario Cristobal's a fake. Mario Cristobal is not a, he is not a coach, and Oregon is not a program where NFL scouts go, let's go get our next level players. It doesn't mean they don't have them. It just means it's going to take those players just that much longer to get acclimated to the NFL game. They had chains on him. He wasn't allowed to run. He wasn't allowed to improvise. Oregon was going, hey, you know what, guys? We're going to compete for a national championship. We are not risking our quarterback. Does it, you guys think that he can't run? He could very well be the best rushing quarterback of them all. The problem is you never saw him do it because they wouldn't let him. They would not take the chains off in Oregon because they had an agenda. Great offensive line. Have him throw the ball all over the place. Don't get him hurt. We want to make it to the playoffs. Well, you know what? When they played in the Rose Bowl, you know what? Those chains came off. He ran all over Wisconsin. If he wasn't throwing the ball, he was killing them with his feet. It You're was right. the first time I saw that kid would improvise and take the training wheels off and going, that's what I'm talking about. And then ever since that game, the camps that he's had, his pro days, the kid is a cannon arm. He's a big dude who can run like the wind. You're right. He's never going to make it in the NFL. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to um... – Darius Slay for a second. Uh, I actually think, and I won't deny, I said before that he's good. I won't, yeah. I, I won't even deny that. I mean, he got $50 million, like 90% of it guaranteed. So good for him. And his uh, agent, I think, is Drew Rosenhaus, yeah. uh, who knows how to cut deals. A Miami boy, you know that. Yep. So I know him, you know him. So here's the deal. I think he ends up being better in Philly than he ever was in Detroit. And they have the goods and the coaching on that team. And if that kid, Wentz, could ever stay healthy when it matters, like yep. the guy has injuries in the uh, most bizarre moments of a season. Like when you need him the most, the guy pulls up with everything, broken ribs, you name yep. it. Yep. If, that guy, if that guy was ever healthy when it matters, which to me, I'd rather, you know how they do load management. I, I'm not a fan of it in basketball. I like guys that play every day. But in the NFL... If I can get that guy between weeks 12 and 17 healthy, and I'm not talking about the new 17 game. I'm talking about weeks 12 through 17 as we now know it. That that team, with a guy like Slay on that defense, they might be legitimate again. People are always talking about Dallas. We've already talked about him. Uh, people are talking about Judge and the Giants and all this other nonsense. Philly is, you know, removed from a Super Bowl, gets no respect at all. You had a guy like Slade of that defense in the back end, that might end up being a sneaky uh, sign, a, a really good one. Yeah, they brought in uh, they brought in Hayward, too. They brought him in, defensive lineman, to go right up against, uh, you know, that other monster that they have there. Now you put Slay in the secondary, which was their biggest weakness Last year, they were in it for Ramsey, but they wouldn't pay the price that Jacksonville wanted. And, of course, the Rams ended up overpaying like they always do. Uh, but, listen, they got their guy. Jim Schwartz drafted Darius Slay. He fits perfectly for what he does. He drafted him 
when he was there in Detroit for a reason. It's exactly he will anchor the back end of that defense. That defensive front is going to be ridiculous now for the uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I got a great quarterback. I've got a solid offensive line. They haven't figured out what they're going to do with Jason Peters, who is on there. It seems like he's been playing forever. He's 37, 38 years old, um, still unsigned. They might bring him back to help with a little depth. They are going to be in that division, which to me is going to be all about running the football and defense now. And Carson Wentz in that arm and that defense of Philadelphia, they're the team in the NFC East that everyone should be paying attention to. Great coaching staff, great coordinators. Now they got a great defense. Good luck against Philadelphia this year. Hey, so uh, respectfully, I got under 90 seconds. Tell me what you think of all these, um, you know, players allegedly wanting to go play in Tampa, and then obviously their ticket prices are soaring getting Brady. Yeah, what players? Like Julian Edelman? No crap. I wouldn't want to stay in New England either, Julian Edelman. I'd want to go to Tampa also. The weather's better. Ebor City, you know, you can swipe right all day long, have a field. I wouldn't want to stay in New England either. You got to be kidding me. So I don't I don't buy that whatsoever. Uh, you want to go play with a 43-year-old guy if you're 22? It's the same reason why 22-year-olds don't want to play with LeBron. Not buying it. I hope that everybody's uh, staying healthy in that long line for Buccaneers season tickets because I know they're uh, buying tickets, buying ticket plans, wanting to watch Brady. It's going to be a party down on that uh, pirate ship uh, in uh, Tampa at Raymond James this year. And then how crazy is it that the Super Bowl is going to be there, Super Bowl 55? I mean, it's all lined up right. I still don't think that Brady will be playing in a Super Bowl. I'm not buying that they're going to the Super Bowl. I've seen it happen once, and that was a God had to be involved in that because when I watched that team come into the league, they were the worst team ever. We'll come back and talk more NFL, NBA with Joe Ranieri on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, coast to coast, Pharrell, with our boy uh, Joe Ranieri in Miami. I wish I was actually uh, in Miami. Uh, as you know, I lived there for a long time, Joe. I think I'd rather, if I'm going to like go away because of the uh, Hanta, if, if it's going to get me like it's getting everyone else. If it's eventually gonna catch me from behind, you know, and bite me in the arse, 
I was saying to uh, your boy Haro, mm -hmm. who I know you've worked with for a long time. I listen. I would like to, and I know you probably think I'm stupid, but honestly, like you see all those nice yachts right over your shoulder. I'm yeah. thinking if I had like my own yacht with uh, 34C. So just her and I, and like you know some reefer and some booze. I'll start drinking again, Joe. I haven't drank in 15 years. I'm gonna start drinking again. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna go uh, Jameson, wine, tequila, uh, Guinness, Heineken, some uh, K-Funk Swiss cheese, Ooh. you know, chronic. And then I'm gonna get on a yacht and I'm just gonna uh, cruise straight down to the uh, Lesser Antilles into the Caribbean, uh, bust a move, St. Bart, St. Kitts, uh, St. Martin, uh, yep. St. Croix, all the rest, and then just go that way on a yacht with a hottie instead of being land-based uh, with all your troublemaker friends in Miami. I want to get out on the water and go down, not on a cruise ship. Cruise ships are for femmes. I want to go down in a yacht, Joe. <laughs> Listen, man, it makes so social distancing on a boat makes it all okay guys i can tell you that right now you hop on the boat you go out to the water and boats are more than 10 feet hey hey that's it so it's beautiful social distancing out on a boat there is no better my friend so i'm with you by the way mikasa sukasa come on down i got masks i got toilet paper i got wet wipes dude we're in man whatever you need listen uh i have to say a couple things one the wet wipes Baby wipes uh, will clean crime scenes. They're the greatest thing ever invented. I have enough baby wipes for at least a year, so I only I only use them on my uh, arse. Also, secondly, the uh, yacht thing. So I did a yacht in uh, Bora Bora for a month. I lived on a yacht with eight people. I wanted to kill them all, but I, I got to tell you, it was a blast. I mean, I had dirty jobs on the yacht. Every day you had a different job because the captain tells you what to do and then you do it or basically you die, uh, you'll be thrown overboard and then you will drown. So you do whatever they say, but it was actually like one of the coolest things I ever did. Once I got over the um, mosquitoes the size of airplanes refueling on my arms and legs every night when I was sleeping in the cabin. And then once I got over, you know, rough seas where you'd have 10 foot, 20 foot swells and you get, you know, seasick no matter what. Once I got over that, Living on a yacht was kind of badass. I enjoyed it. I, I actually liked it. I hate cruise ships. They suck. I'll never get on another one as long as I live. I don't care about anybody. I don't care if the owner of the Heat owns the cruise ship, celebrity. I don't care about Carnival. I don't care about Royal Caribbean. I went on it. Royal, and then the other one, Norwegian. Screw all you people. Uh, those things are death on water. I'd rather be on one of those badass yachts like the show where they're all living on a yacht with all those hot chicks and everybody's arguing and fighting and having sex. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it. Listen, it, I'm with you. I went on a couple of cruises when I first came down here to Florida and I was just skeeved out because I mean, it's a floating Petri dish, people. You, I am stuck on the water for like three to seven days. With people who smell, don't shout. Like, it's just, I don't. Then I found with out no say. You have no say. No say, no choices. You do realize the people that work on those ships all are on the bottom level. They all live on top of one another. Like, oh, hell no. No, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'll stay on land. I'll get a boat. I'll be, you know, we'll go on yachting. We'll hit our own boat. I ain't going on no floating Petri dish. Gambling or no gambling. Did you like gambling on the um, on the betting boats in Miami? Do you like going offshore at all, or do you think those suck? 
Uh, you know, I went on it a couple of times. I think I was on two or three times, and the, the next time I went on, it was a fight at the blackjack table, and it was just chips flying at the whole thing. So I was like, I can't. Like, no. Like, I don't even know. Like, I felt halfway through the crew, because these are not the best of boats, guys. Like, these are not, this isn't like the Oasis, like, floating heaven. Right. Like, it, you, it's making sounds that, you know, it sounds like a 76 Chevy Nova. Uh, you know, that just flew out of chart, like, I'm like, are we swimming home? Do we got a paddle? Like, what's going on here? So uh, I was a little ski boss with those two after a little right. while. So I had a party when I was at QAM. I had a party, a birthday party on a on a on a betting boat, right? And we went out, and you know, you're trapped at sea, and they don't come back until like two in the morning. And so I was trapped at sea. There was a lot of drugs on the boat. And a lot of drinking, and I mean a lot of bad behavior. So I'll never forget as long as I live. And I tell the story on the air too, on the radio show. Some guy came out of the um, out of the header, and he had been using a bullet doing blow. Of course. And it, but he had broken it, oh. and so the chunk of glass was sticking out of his nose, and he was gushing blood all over the boat. And he had, he was so lit, he had no idea that he had a giant shard of broken glass in his nose as we all watched him gushing blood all over everyone at the party. I was like, he doesn't even know it's there. That is what was kick ass. He just kept partying as he was gushing blood and didn't realize he'd broken off a bullet in his nose in the men's header on a boat gambling with Pharrell. Not a good idea. Not a good look, Joe. Yeah, no, that, that might have uh, prohibited you from going on those, uh, you know, those kinds of events. That was it. <laughs> prohibit you from doing any more like that. But kudos to that guy for manning up. Rub some dirt on it. Get back in the blackjack table. <laughs> so here, speaking of drugs, Joe, Josh Gordon failed six drug tests, yes. and he's convinced that he's going to play football in 2020. Is that happening? And yeah, where? It, it, it better. I mean, listen, the six convictions, guys, had to do with marijuana. He wasn't shooting dope. He wasn't taking steroids and PEDs. Um, his problem was with marijuana, and it was the most ridiculous thing in the world because we all know under the past CBA, and this is the problem, all his suspensions, including the current one, is under the old CBA, not the new one, because the new CBA does away with those stupid kind of suspensions for marijuana. So right. listen, he's not a Antonio Brown, right? He is not a guy that you got to worry about going to the locker room and blowing it up and you don't know what he's going to do. It's not going to hurt anybody. He's his biggest enemy when it came to weed. If you allow him, like Ricky Williams years ago, you know that, who had no problem smoking the ganj, let him be him now instead of penalizing him, allow him to be able to feel without a cloud over his head that he can play and be him. I think this guy, 27 years old, 28 years old, he is going to help a team. Whether it be Seattle, they take him back. He's going to help somebody, but he's got to get He's got to get reinstated. When he does, he's a free agent. Anybody can sign him. I think it's on its way. I think it's asinine that you suspended him six times for smoking marijuana. Stupidest thing in the world. I'm glad the new CBA did away with it. So Seattle brought Bruce Irvin back. Do you think that, uh, because I know that Carol loved the, the kid Gordon, do you think that they would bring him back? Yeah, Russell Wilson, a very good friend of his. I mean, Russell Wilson was instrumental in going when, when uh, you know, New England had to let him go because they knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. Uh, but Russell Wilson was a big friend of his, trying to be a really good influence. He's the one who talked Pete and everybody else, bring him over there. I, you know, you put him with Russell Wilson, he can get back to Seattle. Guys, that's, 
he, that is a weapon that you just not a lot of teams can have. And I think he's going to help a team like Seattle. He can help a team uh, do a lot of great things this year without the marijuana hanging over his head. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Joe. What do you think of Arian saying uh, basically he wants no part of Antonio Brown? Where does uh, A.B. end up, uh, you know, anywhere at all? No, uh, I don't see a path for him back into the NFL, at least not on a team that's going to contend. If he is not on a roster, and this is what I think has got to you tell me, if he is not on a roster when training camp starts, nobody is going to bring that lunatic into a situation <laughs> four or five games into the season. Either you would get him in training camp so he can get acclimated and you can get a feel for him and see if there's any change going on. You cannot bring him in after the season starts and risk him blowing up a, uh, a locker room. And if they do, it's going to be on a team that ain't going to win anything anyway, which he probably wouldn't play for. I think A.B.'s time is done, and it's a shame because he, too, is a difference maker, the kind of difference maker that is the difference between making it to a Super Bowl and not. Yeah, I mean, he was a badass, and he's got so much talent. I just wonder if he's actually realized somebody had to get through to him that he uh, has run out of chances and that uh, his behavior did this. No one else's, and, and this is it. You either ship up or it's over, and, and if, if someone got House through to quit. him. Drew Rosenhaus quit. Do you know Drew Rosenhaus ever yes. to say no to money? <laughs> no. I'll give you that. All right, let me go. Uh, here's what we got. I, I want to blow through some stories here. Go. I got about um, seven minutes. I want to hit uh, this. Uh, Adam Silver basically arguing with the mayor of New York City about rich players, superstars, making hundreds of millions, getting access to the coronavirus testing. Guys like KD, et cetera, Nets players, Others, there's been several players, let's face it, that have uh, tested positive, and these players are getting access, and regular people, everyday Joes, everyday laymen are not getting the test. Sick people are not getting the tests, right. and then they have a ventilator problem in this country, massive ventilator problem. They say that uh, they need 30,000. They got about 5,000 in New York. It's a major issue. Why is the NBA getting special treatment? Well, because the NBA is a, well, shall we say, it's a normalcy that the American people are used to, and it is a situation where, and it's not the first time, guys, the idea that people with money have certain privileges that people who don't have, it's, it's asinine to think that the world doesn't work that way, because it's always worked that way. Yes. But the truth is, you ask anybody, even some of the sick right now, uh, would you rather have the kit to figure it out that you want, or would you rather get one step closer to getting you know, the NBA back on the court? And fans are going to tell you, listen, man, just make sure he's all right. You, I'm going over here. I'll be fine. And that's the reality of the situation. Any, And I don't know who it's going to be. I do think it's going to be the NBA. But whoever the first league is to get back, the criticism is going to come, right? The criticism is going to be there. It's got to be a league that is, you know, hey, listen, you can criticize us all you want, but we've done this, 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 and this. Um, the NFL is not going to be that league. I think the NBA is going to be the first to come back, whether it be exhibition games, something to be able to provide some entertainment for the masses and for the people of this country in an uncertain time, they're going to get criticized with it. But you know what? You can't get that if they don't get tested. So let them get tested. Let's figure it out. And the sooner we can get back to that, I think 
the more normal this country will feel day by day. The uh, NBPA head, Michelle Roberts, she says it's the government uh, that's to blame for all of this. A Nuggets member has come down with uh, COVID-19. NBA players can travel, but only in North America. And uh, the NBA teams have now closed their practice facilities. So guys aren't able to go do, you know, training, shoot arounds, uh, work on their game, work on their cardio. They can't do that anymore. But Joe, they have started playing pro hoops in Asia, yeah. South Korea, Japan. Uh, it's getting better there. And they're playing some games, some without fans, etc. But they are playing games. This bodes well when this phase of, of just br brutal conditions and what we're going through in this country phases out, when we get through that phase at some point or another, uh, it'll come back like it is there, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, absolutely. And, and listen, can we, I, every time I hear Italy and the United States put in the same breath, it drives me crazy. Italy is the size of Michigan. Italy is not the United freaking States, okay? So the idea that what's happening in Italy, which is horrific, but the idea that you can equate Italy, whose average population is 80 years old anyway, it's the oldest damn country per capita per age in the union in there. Is, wait, is, is Barry a slay Italian? Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's the size of Michigan. You're telling me that country right. is somehow or another equated to what's going It's not, guys. We have shut down the economy. We have shut down the United States in all walks of life, guys. We have done that. And I can promise you we're going to start to see dividends to that sooner rather than later. We're not Italy. I don't see. I think the panic is much worse than the pandemic right now. I do think it will at some point flatten out and everything will get back to normal. Uh, I got uh, just under three minutes, Joe, respectfully. Uh, the, how about all this? They're moving to Kentucky. You know, the Haskell pieces are going to be screwed up. But I guess all that matters is the triple crown you got a problem with them moving it to the first week of september and then late september and then early october for the big three well it's funny you know the qualifiers won this saturday louisiana uh oh you know it, it's going down guys it's uh the one million dollar race winner of that race will qualify for september 5th so a lot of the pre-races required to hit those they so far seem to be uh, on par there, and it's going to happen, of course, uh, uh, this Saturday, the first one. But I don't have a problem with it. I mean, better safe than sorry. I'm okay with that. And I do think uh, either way, it will still be must-watch television come September. Uh, what do you think of uh, finally Sale going to have Tommy John? So that's it for him. What a shock. Wow. Did you see he lost three miles an hour in his fastball? What the hell did you think was going to happen? Like, seriously, I don't know what took so long, but kudos. And uh, we, uh, Verlander got his groin uh, worked on. So congratulations. Everyone's getting healthy. Kate Upton did that surgery on uh, Verlander's groin. Uh, Seattle won't name their NHL team until the virus is gone. A Senators player tested positive. WrestleMania, they're moving uh, uh, to Orlando from Tampa, but still scheduled for April 5th. UFC has canceled three events, March 21st, 28th, April 11th. The April 18th show with Nurmagomedov, Habib against Tony Ferguson is still on. They're not sure if they're going to have that at the Barclays or not in Brooklyn. No sleep till. But that is still on at this point. They're trying to have that event, which I hope they do have. I got one minute, Joe. I got to ask you um, uh, your thoughts real quick. PGA Championship also uh, postponed in Harding Park in San Francisco and the French Open. What do you think of those? I think we're going to have a lot of great sporting events from August through the end of the year that we're not expecting to happen at the same time. 
I'm all I'm okay for it. They will play these events, though, guys. The big ones, they will figure out a way to get it done. All right, listen, uh, Joe is taking over coast to coast. There's a lot of people that want to have him killed. We're not going to tell them where he is. I'm going to start lying and saying that he's on a yacht with a hottie and he's sailing around and he can't be located or found. Joe, I will see you again soon on Coast to Coast. Great job, as always. You're a badass. Appreciate it, Scotty. Be well, man. You and the family. All right, there he is, Joe Ranieri. Don't forget, you can get the Pharrell and Avenge podcast every day and the Coast to Coast podcast on uh, iHeart Podcast. The other one's on iTunes. I'll see you freaks again on Coast to Coast. Shake it SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.